We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, September the 9th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On September 9, 1957, President Dwight D. Eisenhower signed the first civil rights bill to pass Congress since Reconstruction. It was a major, a major primarily concerned with protecting voting rights. Interesting. It also established a civil rights division in the U.S. Department of Justice. Today, in 1776, the Second Continental Congress made the term United States official, replacing United Colonies. Today, in 1850, California became the 31st state of the Union. Today, in 1926, the National Broadcasting Company, NBC, was incorporated by the Radio Corporation of America, or RCA. Today, in 1942, during World War II, a Japanese plane launched from a submarine. I'm not sure how they would have done that in 1942. I'm interested. I didn't have time to look into it any further. But anyway, the Japanese Japanese plane launched from a submarine off the Oregon coast had dropped a pair of incendiary bombs in a failed attempt at igniting a massive forest fire. That was the first aerial bombing of the U.S. mainland by a foreign power. Didn't work out. The fire didn't go, but uh, they uh, they tried. Today, in 19, uh, 2015, Queen Elizabeth II, and I'll be talking a little more about her in a moment, she became the longest reigning monarch in British history. Today, in 2015, she served as queen at that time for 23,226 days. That's about 63 years and seven months. As we now know, she served 70 years and then passed away yesterday. Today in 2016, Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton, speaking at an LGBTQ fundraiser in New York City, she described half of Republican Donald Trump's supporters as a basket of deplorables. So one out of two people who supported Trump, politically, is a deplorable. If you're sitting with more than one person, you can look around the room and no, don't go there. Yeah, half of all the people that supported Trump, according to Hillary, are deplorables. She later said she expressed or she was regretful that she said that. She should not have said it. I suppose Hillary has a lot of regrets, but we won't get into that. Senator Ted Cruz has stopped the Democrats. I want to talk a little bit about Senator Cruz today. He's a smart guy, really smart, and he's a good politician. I wish he could have succeeded in some of his attempts, and he's had several at the presidency. I think he would be a good president. He would certainly, certainly be a good justice on the Supreme Court. Ted Cruz is not perfect, but he's a good guy, and he does the right thing. 
I want to talk to you a little bit about him. He has single-handedly stopped the Democrats from advancing their whole notion of censorship to silence opposition that doesn't fit their preferred leftist narrative ahead of the midterms that are coming up very soon. And then, of course, the 2024 presidential election. So I'll come back to that in a moment. Queen Elizabeth II is dead at 96 after 70 years on the throne. Yesterday morning on this program, I mentioned uh, on our We Originate Live, it was just after 9 o'clock, I mentioned that she was gravely ill, that her health was failing and the family was going there and so on. Well, it was later, just hours after we were off the air, that they announced she had passed away. Personally, I have a little note for you, a memo. I'll be out of the office next week. I'm going to take a little bit of time. I need a break. And um, I'll be out of the office next week, Monday through uh, Friday of the the week. And uh, I won't be publishing the article that we published, the blog or article in Faith and Freedom Daily on our website. And we'll be rerunning some programs on this program. Uh, They'll be recent because this is dated, the programs, as we make them, they're dated. I understand that, that we can't, you know, there's not a lot of value on these programs down the road somewhere um, because we're talking about what's happening today, today on this program. So, uh, but we'll rerun some and people have expressed to me and our programs are available now uh, anyway Uh, through a podcast on our website and through rerunning in Spokane on KTW on Saturdays. Uh, Saturday mornings, we rerun all the programs. So I know they're available to you, but we'll be doing that uh, while Gary takes a few days off. I'll be back on Monday morning, September 19th. That's a week from Monday. And we will resume live, Lord willing. And if you'll continue to support us, if you don't, I won't be back but I know you will. Just because I'm gone doesn't mean that our budget shuts down. Trust me. Everybody from the power company to everybody, they send their bills right on time, and all the radio stations send their bills right on time for the airtime that we put this program on the air with. So that will continue. Thanks for standing with us while uh, I'm taking a few days off. Much needed. Queen Elizabeth, the uh, Associated Presses, the whole world is focused on her death today, pretty much, the news. I was kind of looking, even in Africa, they're running a lot of programs there and and uh, various news articles and so on about her. The Associated Press is probably the most quoted um, news source around the world. Here's what they said this morning. I don't always agree with them, but here's what they said this morning. The Associated Press says, as saying this morning, they actually report, uh, published it last night. Queen Elizabeth II, Britain's, Britain's longest reigning monarch and a rock of stability across much of the turbulent century. She died Thursday after 70 years on the throne. She is was 96 years old. The palace announced she died at Balmoral Castle, her summer residence in Scotland, where members of the royal family had rushed to her side after her health took a turn for the worst. I saw an, I saw an article a few just a few minutes ago before we went on the air today that was talking about 
the fact that Harry had taken off and he didn't stay there. I don't know what the deal was. He had some kind of a, the the story suggested there was some kind of a, a, a little dust up. I, I don't know. But anyway, it's kind of sad. But uh, uh, Associated Press says she was a link to the almost vanished generation that fought World War II. She was the only monarch most Britons have ever known. Her 73-year-old son, Prince Charles, now King Charles III, automatically becomes king, though, though the coronation might not take place for months. Associated Press says the BBC played the national anthem, God Save the Queen, over a portrait of her in her full regalia as her death was announced, and the flag over Buckingham Palace was lowered to half-staff as the second Elizabethan age came to close. After nearly two years of lobbying by representatives of the nation's largest, wealthiest, most pro-censorship media companies, you know who they are, Facebook, Twitter, those guys, the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act, JCPA, is temporarily dead again. It was killed this time by a champion of the bill, Senator Amy Klomachar. She killed the bill, her own bill, because Senator Ted Cruz successfully added an amendment that would prevent media companies and tech companies from colluding on content moderation. This was very deceptive. She fooled even some of the best of the left of the right Republicans in Congress. It looked like one thing when it was really something else, and Ted Cruz turned on the light. He saw it for what it was. The whole idea behind this bill, Journalism, Competition, and Preservation Act, was to protect media journalism from being swallowed up by the Internet platforms, big tech. And they are big. They consume. It's, it's, it's kind of complicated, but this whole thing was really a, a, supposed to be about protecting smaller news sources that pay all of their their you know news people and all of that, and they go out and they get these stories. There are still news organizations that actually do that. They go out and they get the story and they pay, you know, Joe to go out and interview these people and bring the story in and they present the story. And the social media platforms, and I'm generalizing this, but essentially they take the stories like Drudge and and these others. They take the stories and they publish them and they get traffic and they make millions, billions of dollars. That's why Mark Zuckerberg and these guys at Twitter and so on, they're all I mean, the guys at the top are billionaires, and that's because they don't spend a lot of they spend a lot of money on the tech part of their side of their operation, but they don't spend a lot of money out getting stories. They just run other people's stories. I mean, that's really the simple version of a complicated situation. Well, Congress has been trying to set up something they said to support. So the other media guys that are actually doing the work don't go away. So they were trying to preserve that. That's where the preserve word or preservation act comes from. That was the sort of the tone that was woven around this whole thing. And it's been going on for a while. I've been watching it very closely. The whole idea was simply, as I said, they, according to the sponsors of this bill, Klobuchar was one. Interestingly enough, there was a Republican that did too, and he got fooled, but he, he was quick to say so um, yesterday. But the whole whole idea was to 
keep smaller media from being swallowed up by these internet platforms, big tech, and the multi-billionaires that own and run them. Senator Cruz apparently understood the ploy behind the bill and submitted an amendment that clarified exactly what was going on in the bill. He got it passed through the committee, and it was headed for a vote, and Amy Klobuchar, a Democrat, remember her, she ran for president back in the last presidential election. She was one of that bunch that was up there, you know, on the debates and everything, and she fizzled out as they all did, and Biden won the nominee, nomination, as we all know. But anyway, she is uh, she put the brakes on yesterday when she saw what was happening. Cruz explained why he had added the amendment. He said what this amendment would do is it would say that when the cartel sets down to negotiation, it would say we're not going to discuss censorship, we're going to discuss price. That's what they were talking about. They were talking about the big tech companies being forced by law to give a a share of their revenue to the smaller news medias who were out there doing all the work together, theoretically, doing all the work together, the story. So Cruz saw through this, and he called it for what it was. Everybody was kind of clapping and kind of applying, saying, yeah, we th- this will bring equity to the media. And they were quoting Alexander Hamilton and all these guys, saying, well, you know, if we don't have a free, and Thomas Jefferson, if we don't have a free press and we don't have democracy and blah, 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 which is it's true. I mean, we, you got to have you got to have freedom of of speech, and you should have a press that is not biased. We don't have that, but we you should have. So this was at the heart of this matter, and as I said, it's kind of layered and it's kind of complicated. But anyway, Senator Klobuchar's response when she heard Ted Cruz, she realized that he knew exactly what she was and her cohorts in on the Democrat side were up to with this thing. So her response was to immediately yesterday pull this bill from proceedings rather than pass it out of committee with Cruz's amendment. In doing so, she effectively revealed that enabling collusion between big media and big tech on censorship has always been at the core of the Democrats and at the core of her efforts to get this JCPA, as they call it, passed. Cruz successfully went over his colleagues in his presentation yesterday when he said to them, look, here's what these guys are really up to. And it had been missed by some good people, smart people. There was some very tense exchanges in the markup hearing on this bill because if it doesn't get out of committee, then it's not going to get voted and it's not going to vote it on. It's not going to pass or fail. It's just going to kind of wither and die. And Amy Kolbuchar, a Democrat, had pushed this thing for so long, but now all of a sudden she's pulling it back like crazy and putting on the brakes because there was somebody there that was smart enough to determine what they were doing and to and brave enough, enough courage to call it out. So she attempted to persuade the other Republican co-sponsor, Senator John Kennedy, no relation to the Massachusetts Kennedys, uh, he's a Republican from Louisiana. He's got that strong Louisiana accent. You've probably seen him on the news. He's fun to watch, even to listen to the way he talks. And he is, he's a smart guy. But he was the co-sponsor of this bill. And apparently, I get the feeling that he, he kind of got hoodwinked on this by Klobuchar and some of the others. 
or he hadn't really been paying attention to it. But she said to Kennedy, the, the, the Republican, John Kennedy, she said, Senator Kennedy, we've worked on this for months. We won't be able to support the Cruz Amendment here. If this is in it, we can't support the bill. Kennedy's response was, I don't understand why. To me, the issue is supposed to be about the money, not about moderating content. And this, the amendment, just makes explicit what I thought was implicit in the bill. Immediately afterwards, Klobuchar pulled the this bill from the proceedings, saying she could not support the bill with the addition of the Cruz Amendment. She said that'll blow up the bill. This was a surprise. It's been long negotiated, and it rattled her to no end. The Cruz Amendment effectively exposed the supporters of this, particularly the Democrats, what they've been trying to conceal and have been concealing, what they've been trying to do with the Republicans in the dark was that they were trying to pass this as being something to protect small media when it, in fact, sets the stage for legal censorship of what the big tech doesn't approve of. That's the issue that's here. And that sort of defines the culture in which we live. We live in a surreal culture. Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, um, (laughs) he is something else, I'll tell you. But anyway, uh, he and others have this very strong, very uh, so-called progressive, humanistic uh, ideology. And they have the billions they've made with this on-the-internet development behind them. And these guys are trying to get a, a form of, of communications in the, in the country, media, news, whatever you want to call it. They want to control that so they can control what people believe. And sometimes they're able to fool the best of them, including this John Kennedy. I mean, man, he's... He's a smart guy. I I watch him a lot. I read what he says. I like to listen to him. He's fun to listen to. But they had him fooled. I can tell by the way he reacted to that. He said, I thought this was about about saving small media. It's about money. No, it's not about money at all. They they care about money, of course. Personally, they've been harvesting money from their jobs, Pelosi's and all those guys for a long time. They care about money, but they care about power. And that's what this is about. It's about the power to tell the the culture what is and what isn't and what the culture should believe and not believe. And that's where we are today. And that's why, I mean, it's why we do what we do in our small compared to national and international way. But we try to get to the point of some of these things on a daily basis and talk about what really is involved in this, because they're they're becoming more and more blatant in how they present this. I'm not suggesting I have all the answers, but I am suggesting if you look hard enough and if you're looking at real life through a biblical lens and interpreting this through what God says, then you can kind of turn on the light and see what they're really up to in each of the a myriad of cases. In this case, it has to do with censorship. 
So that's why we do what we do, and we really lean into this uh, on this program. And I, you know, I do the best I can every day. I get notes a lot. I got this note from uh, a guy yesterday. Uh, he said, "Dear Gary, I wish I could be. I wish you could be on for an hour. The show goes so fast. You make the most of every precious minute." Well, thank you for that. But I, there are people that probably wish I was on 30 seconds. But those of you who support us, uh, thank you. I, I would like to be on an hour, but I, it just, it, it the, we don't have the money to be on an hour. It's very expensive to be on Christian radio. I mean, it's, it's very expensive. So to be on an hour would be very difficult. Uh, without restructuring the whole thing and going to a, an advertisement-based uh, program. And I, I just haven't felt that's what I should do. So anyway, we look to those who of you who support this program, and I want to thank you for that. And then he said this, though. He said, P.S., <laughs> I love that saying you said, the rooster crows and believes he has caused the sun to rise. Yeah, I made that statement the other day uh, in regards to progressives, the left. They always... You know, they they crow about what they're doing and as though they have caused it to happen. And as the rooster crows and believes that he, when he crows, he causes the sun to rise. This guy said, this guy said, and he's a regular supporter. He says, we could use more farmers in D.C., the salt of the earth. Well, that's true. I, I totally agree with you. We need more farmers in a lot of places because they understand a lot better than some of the people out of Harvard and Yale and Oxford do for sure. There's a story that is in the news today. I want to mention it in that I won't be on the air next week. But there's a woke, very woke New York City principal. He's on video and he's admitting that he would not hire teachers if they identify with the Republican Party or even identify with conservative values. This is a public school teacher, a principal. He didn't know he was being recorded. You know, Project Veritas, they're the ones that have gone out and interviewed people at Planned Parenthood and other places where they're just, I mean, they're just kind of open and telling the truth about how they really feel and what they're doing as far as selling baby parts and all of that. Remember that a year or so ago? we I talked about it quite a bit on this program at the time. Well, Project Veritas, that's what they do, and they do a really good job at this. Well, they they had some undercover footage that they revealed yesterday, and um, this uh, uh, Todd Soper, he's assistant principal at neighbor at neighborhood charter schools. He was heard saying that he only hires people based on if they follow a very woke far left ideology. Teachers. He was asked by this Project Veritas person, whom he didn't know. He thought I don't know who he thought they were, but he didn't think they were Project Veritas. I can assure you. But when he was asked whether or not he would hire a conservative, this sober guy quickly responded. He said, no, absolutely no. If the candidates say that diversity is about, if they say something, I'm quoting him, if they say something that lends itself to, to be colorblind, which could happen, like, oh, it's like, you know, like everybody is equal, so like that person would not get hired. He also acknowledged that the school district uses diversity, equity, and inclusion questions to get an idea of someone's political stance without actually coming out and asking. He said, we have very specific questions that ultimately are diversity, equity, inclusion question, our DEI question, as he calls it, 
is very telling if someone has done a lot of work within themselves, within the profession. If people don't answer that question right, they are just an automatic not hire, he said. Boy, I'll tell you, that I, again, the deception of what is going on out here is remarkable. It's simply unbelievable. But there is pushback. And there are some good things happening. The Miami-Dade School Board overwhelmingly voted to reject recognizing October as LGBTQ History Month. After listening to three hours of heated debate in Miami-Dade School Board has been known in Miami-Dade area has been known as a far, far left bastion of so-called progressivism and humanism and so on. But after three hours of heated debate, the board voted eight to one Wednesday of this week, uh, Wednesday night, to strike down the measure that would have included teaching 12th graders about Supreme Court cases, uh, Obergefell versus Hodges, that's inventing the constitutional right to gay marriage, and this Bostock versus Clayton County, that's about sexual orientation. They would have been taught this, and they would have celebrated the month of October as LGBTQ History Month. A year ago, the same school board voted in favor of that. Wednesday evening of this week, they voted against it. What happened? Here's what happened. The story is is remarkable. Knowing that area, I mean, I'm not from there, obviously, but I know it to be very, very, very liberal, very, very far left, generally, in their voting and so on. What happened was that the people there got sick and tired of it, much like the people in Virginia did when they uh, elected Glenn Youngkin uh, a while back as their new governor, whom no one thought could win. He's a very conservative um, Republican. Well, these guys got sick and tired of it. They're conservatives in uh, Miami-Dade. And so what they did was they started to run some of their best people for the school board, and they now have good people on the school board. But they haven't taken their positions yet until the first of the year. So the old board actually made that decision. Why? Have they had a political change of mind? Have they gotten saved? Have they become, I don't know about that part, but I do know that they begin to read the handwriting on the wall. And these new people are coming onto the board, and these guys have also have elections, some of them coming up, and they don't want to lose their job. So they said, no, we, we've changed our mind. We're not going to commit October to be gay LGBTQ History Month. That's what happens when Christians take a stand and conservatives take a stand in in the community, in the culture. That is what Jesus was talking about when he told us that not to become, but he said, you are the salt and light in this world. Salt preserves the decay. Can we eliminate the decay? No, because we are a sinful, broken people on this planet. We have all sinned and come short, but we can we can suppress the decay. And the light, when the light is turned on by telling the truth to the culture, and the truth is that God loves them and Jesus Christ died for them, then that changes and begins to change everything in the culture. 
and in the individual life. Well, this is one of those mornings when I wish I had an hour to talk. I'd like to talk to you more about Jesus Christ and what he's done for us all, but we're out of time. Have a great weekend. I'll see you a week from Monday.